podcast. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast, the only place for prepping survival and entertainment. We are your hosts, Cameron and Kobe, and we are ready to bring survival goodness direct to your dirty little ear holes. We're gonna do especial. Yeah, man. Episode. This is this is a very special day for us, as right. you can see. We got the man, the myth, the legend. We don't uh, just have his picture up there. Yeah, this isn't just a, a, a static picture. He just always smiles. <laughs> you see? <laughs> we got Cliff, uh, the urban prepper, is with us, man. Hey, thanks for coming, dude. Hey, thanks for having me. We couldn't be more excited. Uh, we're going to talk about urban you know, urban preparedness uh, for practical people. That's kind of yeah. what we're calling yeah. it. So we're super, we're well, stoked. A great episode because yeah. we're the rural uh-huh. and he's the urban yeah man. we're gonna get the best mix here yeah it's like the but it, I, I, you guys are also casual and i think we're all kind of laid back with the overall preparedness thing so i think it should be a good mix yeah we're all casual here yeah super still super casual, casual. <laughs> yeah yep. hey but guys did you guys know that most subscription boxes are full of samples and junk you'll never use you know what not Battle Box. Mm-hmm. It's the monthly subscription box for men full of solid gear for adventure seekers, survivalists, outdoor enthusiasts, casual preppers, urban preppers, all kinds of preppers. Each month, Battle Box sends you the coolest selection of handpicked outdoor survival and everyday carry gear, all valued at far more than what you'd normally pay. You never know what's in the next box, but here's a sampling of what users received this month the SOG Camp Axe with sheath, Cam. I love it. You, you're in I love, love all it. the SOG stuff. You do. You're a, you're a SOG nut, right? So they gave you one in a box. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got one. Uh, the SOG Snippet Multi-Tool. And another. Another SOG. Awesome it's, SOG. It's SOG Madness in this month's Battle Box. All this badassness starts at about 30 bucks a month. They've shipped almost a million boxes and won Best Men's Subscription Box of 2017. And... They got a brand new show on Netflix. Did you know that, Cameron? They did. The Southern Survival. Yeah, you want to uh, see what they do? Yeah, go check it out. Yeah, check it's, it out. It's freaking amazing. Um, our listeners get a free knife when you sign up at trybattlebox.com slash casualpreppers. That is trybattlebox.com slash casualpreppers. Get your first battle box plus a free knife at trybattlebox.com slash casualpreppers. And a free emotional connection to the movie on Netflix. You do, yeah. It's like all of a sudden, like you're part <laughs> of Netflix. Yeah. You can't beat it. So important. Now, getting back to our guest today, um, thank you so much for coming again, Cliff. Like, we're stoked. Um, If you listen to us at all, you know that we don't do this very often, so you ought to feel pretty good about yourself. Yeah. I I feel pretty special, and uh, since I talked (laughs) with you guys last time, uh, every time I uh, do some shopping now, I'm always putting casual preppers and seeing if I have a coupon code for it. Yes. (laughs) It's, it's, it's rubbing off. Shop at now, so. It's rubbing off. So let's yeah. let's get started. Can you kind of give us a quick background on you? Um, tell us about your YouTube channel and what it's all about. Yeah. So again, my name's Cliff. I live and work in the Seattle area. I work in software engineering by day. I am married and I have two kids and a couple dogs and fish and a cat. Man. And I'm also a prepper. So, uh, so I got it's into emergency preparedness of problem probably around a decade ago uh, uh, when at the time I was getting, I was engaged to my wife and I started getting a little bit freaked out about just uh, being uh, you know, a partner with someone and living kind of a shared <laughs> life. And so then I started to uh, uh, sneak uh, dried goods, rice and beans and, and lentils and stuff and hide them in the trunk of the car and over a period of months before our wedding date. And my wife eventually figured out we had no shock left in the vehicle and found this big stockpile of, of dry goods. And then I had to kind of come out of the closet saying, yeah, I'm looking into getting into prepping. And then when my son was born, then like this person was solely reliant on me to provide for him for safety and for everything, really. And so then I went uh, full on at that point. Uh, as far as uh, the YouTube channel, uh, in your everyday life, oftentimes, uh, you know, not everyone gets to talk with nice people like you, but in my everyday life, uh, you know, people don't want to talk about prepping. They don't want to talk about what's the best mylar bag to use or what's the what flashlights to use for the EDC. And so I reached out to the folks on YouTube uh, to you know just kind of collaborate with people, get some ideas on the various things that I was working on. And uh, over over te- over about a decade now, I have around 172 thousand subscribers, I think now, and nice. a lot of different videos, about 500 videos, and it's just been a awesome outlet where it's allowed me to meet people all around the world that are like-minded preppers and i try to keep everything thoroughly grounded and fun and practical because when i originally started the channel there it wasn't as much of that it was a lot of uh it was rural prepping but it was more from like a maybe more of a military background where 
uh, yeah, always, more tactical yeah. and people were super into their fishing nets and, uh, what, what, uh, Kukri use. And I, it that didn't, wasn't really relevant for me. I, I, I lived closer to a Starbucks than any river that I could use the fishing net. So uh, that's how I kind of came up with the whole like urban prepper. And I'm not, while my name says the urban prepper, I'm, I'm one of many urban preppers, I imagine. Ah, oh, man. Well, so that's cool. But we are the only casual preppers. So it's just how it goes. That's a fact check. Yeah. So, okay. So if they want to, if people want to go check you out, just go to YouTube, uh, search the urban prepper. They're going to find you. Yeah. If they go to YouTube, find uh, search the urban prepper. I, I'm also on a lot of different other sites too. And mm-hmm. you'll, you'll find me on, on Twitter and TikTok and all sorts of sites. Perfect. That's great. <laughs> So let's talk about, you know, being an urban prepper. I mean, tell us about, you know, Cam and I, we both live in the, in the sticks. We're in the middle of nowhere. We're in this rural area um, that is basically cut off from, oh, we're an island out here, man. We're in the middle of nowhere. And so a lot of yeah. times when we're talking about prepping and we're talking about these different aspects of things you have to get ready for, it's, it's kind of from our point of view, from this rural uh, sort of uh, mindset. Right. And so that's what kind of why we wanted to bring you on uh, to kind of help balance this out a little bit. Let's talk about what is your urban prepping philosophy? You know what I mean? How do you how do you look at prepping as an urban guy? So I for me, everything with prepping starts off with with EDC. So your everyday carry the stuff that you have on you. And I think in an urban philosophy, it's not it's it's not taboo to gravitate towards some of the technology and the things that you have to offer in a being a part of the grid and the system within an urban environment versus if you're in a rural environment, it's more about uh, sustainability and self, you know, self-sufficiency and things like that, where in an urban environment, a lot of the stuff that I do starts from the EDC and expands out from there and try to, and gravitates into different systems. So I try to approach uh, as far as my philosophy with urban preparedness, I try to approach it as you would a software engineering project where you're coming up with various designs and, requirements and everything is kind of a module with itself and works in an overall system. It's a series of components that work in an overall system mm-hmm. that lends itself to an urban environment. So, well, if you're in a rural environment, you might have a barn or a, or some kind of outbuilding that has a lot of supplies in there. For urban environments, you have to be a little bit more creative if you're in an apartment, for example, in downtown, sure. as far as the storage of supplies. Uh, but I think uh, overall, it's not shying away from the stuff that is easy to use in an urban environment with regard to technology, leveraging it as best you can and expanding out from there in some kind of methodical <clears> system. Uh, and that's my overall approach and philosophy, I guess, for urban preparedness. Awesome. I, I love starting with EDC because I think that is like yeah. the base um, as a prepper. You know, I think that's, yeah, it's, kind of your, it's such yeah, a good place to start. Drug. It's, it's the gateway drug to prepping. Yeah. yeah. Once, once you get, once you can get someone into doing an EDC, you could probably get them expanding out from there. It's so true, man. In EDC, it's so much fun. And I think that's, that's what I love about it too. And, and that's kind of one of the things that we like about prepping is we try and make it fun. And I think, you know, yeah. EDC, you, you build these kits and, and you have these different kits for these different things. And, uh, you know, knives are freaking fun, yeah. you know, and all that type of stuff. So I, th- I love that you kind of start with EDC and, and move out from there. It, 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 and having a super cool EDC will help recruit new people into prepping, I think. So while it might not be practical to have the most expensive knife and the most tame uh, flashlight, sometimes it's cool to have to go all out on your EDC because people are going to notice that you could show it off a little bit and it might encourage someone else to get into prepping because it, wow, man, uh, with that, a really cool uh, flashlight or multi-tool or something in the BBC. So I think uh, it's a good uh, kind of introduction and a portfolio to, to help get people yeah, that's kind of interested always, in it. Always the time I start to show off gear. Like mm-hmm. even the fourth, they pulled out like get a pack, their little electric lighter. Mm-hmm. And I was like lighting fireworks. I'm like, boom. Yeah. People are like, oh, what's that? So it is totally a good thing to show off, but. And I, I loved you guys' episode on EDC, too. That was uh, awesome. So. Yeah, nice. we love EDC, man. I mean, that's a big piece of what we do. and um, I, A lot I, of the gear we get, yeah. you know, to try out EDC. Absolutely. No, I love that, man. I, I, th- I think that's awesome. So, you know, a- as an urban prepper, uh, again, it's so different than how, how we view the world and how we see things. Like right now... Um, what are the things that concern you the most? Like, what are the things that keep uh, making you prepare and that keep making you move forward and, and, and do the things you're doing? I mean, are, are there specific events right now that are doing that? And is, or is there like uh, kind of an overall generic idea that keeps you going, you know? 
Yeah, if you were to ask me that five or ten years ago, I would have said something more along the lines of a natural disaster. Yeah. Uh, for example, I, you know, we live pretty close to Mount Rainier and the uh, kind of the Cascadia fault line Speaking area. Speaking of so that, I was always. I got to tell yeah. you, I just started reading a book called Devolution. It's from oh. um, Max. Oh, what the crap's the, the guy who wrote World War Z? Okay. And so it's about um, a Sasquatch disaster <laughs> at Mount Rainier. It is awesome. <laughs> Anyways, I just thought I'd tell you about that. You you should check it out because it's at Mount Rainier. So, anyways, it could be a follow up to your Bigfoot uh, video that you did on YouTube. We're gonna have to go up there. Yeah, get the conversation yeah, going. Sweet. But yeah, uh, yeah originally, originally I was into earthquakes and uh, volcanic eruption type stuff as well. And and I think uh, mainly for in an urban environment, I think most people are concerned about job loss because that mm -hmm. could be an emergency right off the bat. But now, like with urban, you're talking lots of people. So right now, it's stuff with regard to lots of people, like civil unrest. And mm -hmm. Yeah, you're seeing some stuff with that like civil that. unrest right now, right? Yeah, we're getting firsthand. Uh, the, the Nation of Chaz, or Chop, uh, oh. came, and, came and left. Uh, uh, but yeah, that was right uh, in the back door area. So was it? I think right now, that's that's what's uh, inspiring me a lot to, you know, to up my game for preparedness in an urban environment. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, those are the things that are kind of keeping us going too. You know, this, this, it just feels like 2020 is this convergence of all types of SHTF events and like everything is coming together. We have, we have COVID, yeah. we have, you know, this Black Lives Matter thing going on, this police brutality. We have elections. I mean, freaking Kanye West is running for president. How nuts yeah, is the world that we live in right now? I mean, it's bonkers in this economy. Who knows what's going to happen moving forward? You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, I think we're all prepping for the same stuff at this point, but it's just kind of interesting to see, you know, what your views are um, yeah. being where you are. I think in general, with prepping, if something scares you, something makes you worried, and that's what gives you the fuel to continue doing what you're doing. If nothing worried you, you probably wouldn't be a prepper yeah. or you wouldn't, you wouldn't be as steadfast with it. So. You have to have something that's really motivating you, even if it's fear-based. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's my approach. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm in the same boat as you, where it's like, you know, once you kind of become sort of, you know, head of a family, you start to think, oh, my gosh, I have to take care of these people. And I've they're counting on me to make sure they're safe and fed and, and they have water and all these types of things. And um, I'm sure this is the same with you. I feel like the more I prep, the better I feel about everything. It's just I, I don't worry about, y you know, these types of things as much. And that's what keeps me going. Yeah, totally. I mean, prepping all the little prepping projects, whether it's putting something in your car for the roadside assistance or anything, like, it, it just gives me peace of mind for each one of those things that it never stops. So mm -hmm. I get peace of mind about my fire security or my vehicle prep or I get peace of mind for my long-term food storage. And it just, uh, for me, it helps uh, as a kind of a family man, just getting that uh, reassurance that I have at least some kind of plan in place for that. It uh, helps me sleep better at night. It's huge. Yeah. Kobe and I talked about that a lot when the, uh, when the virus started happening and they started limiting, you know, the grocery stores were getting, yeah. you know, completely cleaned out that we just really didn't feel we're like, well, it's just kind of add to our, storage plan but we didn't feel there was any stress or any need to go and do it right away it made us nervous obviously because we didn't know where it would end up but you just I, I think that's one of the biggest parts of the whole thing is just not being stressed out and not acting like some of these people that don't know why they just filled their whole cart full of toilet paper they're sort of, i don't know why but everybody else is doing it i'm gonna get it and they just start like packing stuff in that they don't know what they're gonna do with or even have a place for it and all the frozen goods are like completely toast because they don't have a place to put them yeah i just saw yeah, like, they were I'd like hot to, i'd like to think that the preppers weren't the one one panic buying yeah, during that too. initial time i well and i think most of us were when i when everyone was at the grocery store buying all like the stuff that they should have bought a while ago i was buying candy bars that were on sale and yeah. <laughs> adding to complimenting yeah, yeah. some of my other preps because i was good on the other things so. yeah it's so true and it's just nice to know that you know you don't have to go if you don't need to you're no. okay you know yep. It, and if it would have been worse, if this if this pandemic would have been a a virus that was you know more along the lines of like Ebola or something yeah. like that, can you yeah. imagine? You wouldn't want to go out. And so it's yeah, just no it's just so nice. Well, that's to why have I felt a little like this is a bit of a training run of what could come and what could be way worse. But you said you know yeah. it's it's good to see like that the preppers probably weren't out there doing that. The only downside was the media and some of the things they ran on. Well, now the preppers are stars of the show and they were focusing on still the like super extreme preppers. Yeah. I'm like, ugh, now we even look worse probably. 
<laughs> yeah, Pepper's been getting made fun of for years now, and mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully that we we're seeing some yeah, cool, I'm hoping maybe not they kind of the system. are seeking out some of the more casual stuff, you know, not the hard. <laughs> yeah, but the media was sure pushing some of the doomsday preppers more. I'm like, <laughs> ah, stop. Have yeah. you seen on in in your channel in the last few months? Have you seen a, an uptick in um, uh, viewers and things like that? Totally. Yeah, and, people are looking for answers right now, and there you see an uptick in subscribers and view counts for videos, on, mm-hmm. especially on certain subjects. If you were to put the word pandemic in it, you're going to get a lot more exactly mm-hmm. normal. <laughs> and then, like, uh, like on the back end side of things, as far as like people buying gear and stuff, you can kind of see that what. Yeah, for any kind of affiliate account that you might use, or people are trying to get a little bit more prepared on the things that are concerned to them. Yeah, and I think that's great. I mean, I'm glad people are starting to to think about it. And like like Cam said, I'm hoping it's a it's a wake up call for a lot of people. I mean, I don't know about you, but the more people we can bring into the fold, uh, the better, in my opinion. Totally. For sure, better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I mean, I'm trying to do my part is bringing more of like the kind of what the software engineers and the kind of white collar jobs in a downtown environment because I think they'll bring a different perspective into the world of emergency preparedness because I think a lot of it lends itself more towards uh, tactical and military yes. style approaches to things and maybe not as much as uh, why don't we get a couple like project managers for like <laughs> uh, Disney or whatever and see what they would come up with for uh, a strategy for preparedness just to give a different point of view I like points of views and uh, you know, evaluating them and seeing what works best for me yeah it's so I mean in talking about this how do we bring in more people? Like, how do we make prepping something that's cool? Like, how do we, how do we bring in those everyday people in, um, and make it seem like something they should be wanting to do? You know what I mean? Like, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, I think we need more casual preppers. Oh man, <laughs> you're, you're spot on. You, well, because we need, because you guys are fun. It, 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 this is kind of fun. It, while it's, we're doing stuff that's kind of for concerning topics, it should be mm-hmm. fun and people should laugh and have a good time doing it and collaborate with people. And so it should be seen in that kind of light versus a, always a doom and gloom, mm-hmm. bad faith, <laughs> as right, talking right. About various topics. And uh, looking at it more of a, as just a practical thing that people should do, kind of like people get car insurance all the time exactly. and no one. That's and, exactly right. And it, and it doesn't matter what religion they are or what political views they have. I mean, you get car insurance and you get homeowners insurance, you get life insurance and you have medical insurance and you hope you never have to use any of it. And it's just a big waste of money. Mm-hmm. But at least with prepping, it's a big waste of money, but you actually get something tangible that you could hold. Like, yeah. A cool knife well, and then so I think it's an insurance sense. policy that actually pays out in the end. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's fun. Like, that's the thing. I'm hoping that we can, you know, people like you, people like us, we can show that prepping can actually be like super fun. Like it, really it is, it is a hobby for me and it's a hobby that I enjoy doing, you know? And so, yeah, I think yeah. we just need to try and push that message out as much as possible. Totally. I think uh, you guys are evangelists for, you know, making it fun and making it yeah. exciting and keeping it uh, more uh, lighthearted and just like, so it's more accessible to people, I think. Versus if you're uh, wearing, if you guys are doing your podcast in a full hazmat suit and scaring yeah, uh, sure. yeah. people with, in a bunker, with guns in the background and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. One, and I think that's exactly kind of what you're doing. You know, you kind of, if you look at you, you just look like a normal everyday software engineer, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have no uh, training and preparedness. I didn't go to prepper school or anything. Yeah. And <laughs> I wasn't in the Navy SEALs or uh-huh. anything. I have a uh, Wonder Woman in the background of my office and kind of, I, uh, I, uh, I don't shy away from my nerdiness, from my, yeah. my nerdy background. So. For sure. No, I think that's awesome. No, it's like how we want. It's like yeah. we want everybody to be everyday normal people that just prepare. Yeah. So, so um, we 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 hit on this a little bit, but um, let's talk about you know an EDC kit for an urban prepper. Um, I'd love to kind of hear how you approach an EDC kit being a, being an urban prepper. I mean because. Again, Cam and I... We, we could carry a sword around in town. <laughs> yeah, we really no could. one would really be bothered by it. Well, I could seriously carry, you know, an you AR-15 downtown. All camo and have yeah. six guns on your back. So it is so different for us than it is for a guy like you. So let's let's kind of talk about how do you approach an EDC kit as an urban prepper? Uh, well, if we're talking normal, everyday, like mm-hmm. things, there's no chaz or anything like oh, that yeah, that sure, you're worried yeah. about. I'd probably, uh, you know, for me, I leverage a lot of technology. Things kind of start from your smartphone nice. uh, versus yeah, if you're a rural prepper, things probably start with your knife. Yeah. Uh, but I, I haven't gotten a knife fight for years now. So I, oh man, you're so, so lucky. Mo- 
<laughs> so most of the stuff I do is try to, to, to fully leverage the smartphone in that, so that because that's your main communication source. Yeah. And with the various apps and stuff, you have a lot of capabilities, but you also don't want to be you know, tracked by Google or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Or you, uh, there's a, you want to make sure to keep it charged. So I kind of build my EDC around that. So ensuring that I have uh, uh, offline and online data within the app, within the, the apps on my phone, uh, whether it be uh, emergency apps or something like that, or mm-hmm. communication methods, uh, SD cards that have, I have an offline copy of Wikipedia, for example, on my phone, Oh, cool! just in case, even though I've never really had to use it for offline purposes, but if I needed to, I would. Uh, and so for me, I like, I want to blend in in an urban environment. I don't want anyone to think that I'm a prepper. I exactly. think if I was walking around, most people, they just think I'm some dork in a hat and glasses that... <laughs> And not into prepping and with kind of at the obsessive level that I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so for me, uh, for like for a pocket knife, for example, I don't want a pocket knife sticking out of my pocket that my boss at work is going to see. I want a super deep pocket clip carry, a pocket clip, and I want to make sure that it's legal within an urban environment. And I'm going to have a smaller multi-tool than someone that might be in more of a rural environment. Uh, so I think the the tools, like the, the hard tools, I think lend itself more, they're more readily used less in an urban environment than some of the more electronic and gadgets and cool things like that are in an urban environment. I love the fact that that you start with the smartphone um, because a lot of preppers shy away from that type of thing. They're like, Oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't rely on this type of technology. It's not, it's not reliable. And, and you're right for the most part in an, in a really crazy SHTF scenario, it's not going to be super reliable, but for 99% of the time, it's there and it's your, your number one go-to, right? Yeah. I mean, so tell me about, um, if you don't mind, what, what emergency sure. apps do you like? Oh, so uh, let me just go through my phone. I, I, I recently did a video on this. Yeah, I saw <laughs> uh, that actually. That's cool. Yeah, but for, for me, like before I start doing the apps, I want to make sure that I have a privacy and security in mind. So I'm doing a lot of nice. with regard to uh, disabling network access from various apps. Mm-hmm. So they're not just like constantly pinging my location. Yes. I also uh, use that leverage Faraday, Faraday bag mm-hmm. for EDC purposes. Cause I want to go offline every once in a while, like uh, a silent pocket. Compa- yeah. So uh, but yeah, the silent pockets, the one I use for EDC purposes because it's uh, super small, awesome. but I don't want to be tracked on my way to work all the time. Uh, so I prefer yeah. to be more like a, like a dolphin or a whale that comes up for air and gets the additional <laughs> content and then goes, goes underground. I so, see you as a dolphin. I guess, yeah, I can see. Yeah. That. <laughs> uh, so a, a cool app that I use for kind of a disabling network access is the net net guard. Uh, I, I also sometimes use a VPN. I, I use Nord VPN for the cool. privacy stuff and then trying to make sure that the device is uh, encrypted. But as far as like apps, and then uh, I'm kind of anti using Facebook and Twitter apps on my mobile device because there's a lot of tracking that goes on for that. So sure, I yeah. use the uh, I make shortcut links for the browser versions and I use more of a privacy based browser like, uh, like, uh, Brave, browser. Sorry, uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I use Brave uh, on Brave. my, on my nice. device. So I, I'll do a Brave link to my Facebook page or to my Twitter page sure. or Instagram, even though Instagram doesn't play nicely with browsers mm-hmm. instead of having like the app, because that app, basically I'm giving access to my right, contacts right. and my photos yep. and my location and everything. Uh, I don't necessarily like that. So I do uh, all like web versions and make a shortcut. Cool. And then uh, from there, I guess for comms, I like the repeater book. Uh, I like the scanner app for that. I also use a uh, Gotenna a mesh for some testing. Oh, nice. for, awesome. Uh, How's it, mesh, how does it mesh. work in like around where you it are? Works better, it's, it's pretty better flat, in right, an urban there, environment. So. Yeah. It's, it's, well, there's, you have to worry about the buildings and stuff to mm-hmm. line of sight, but I think it works. It's better suited for urban preppers than it would be for rural preppers. I think so you too. really don't have the, you don't have that much distance, but I, I imagine a lot of the, the citizens of Chaz probably could, could be using uh, Gotenna meshes because they have work within a grid. Uh, <laughs> uh, for navigation, I, I use the OSM and for offline maps. Mm-hmm. And then I have a couple other ones like Backcountry. Uh, and then I have some uh, emergency first aid kit ones like for the Red Cross. And then for Intel, I like uh, there's a survival manual, it's an offline manual, kind of like the SAS survival guide. Yeah. Uh, I use Kiwit for my offline Wikipedia, and there's a CCW app for kind of reciprocity uh, rules and stuff. So those are just some of the ones. Man, see, yeah, you're loaded. He I understands it. it. Yes. He's a software, obviously. <laughs> yeah. You know what you're doing there. We might have to bring it back on one day and just, like, specifically talk smartphone stuff, because I, I love it, man. Yeah, I, think I, it's, yeah I, I like that stuff, too, so it would be better to hear some, from somebody that has yeah. a yeah, better I mean, background technology all, than most. 
I'm pretty. I have phones all over the place here, so I have like <laughs> I, I do. Uh, I do various apps. Uh, we work on software development for apps and stuff. So yeah, I have sweet. a lot of different phones, and I do testing of it. That, that's fantastic, man. That, that's really cool. No, I love it. Hey, Cam, do you want to quickly talk, since yeah, we're talking about just, this? We're just going to go right into this. Yeah, let's so, talk about right. a VPN. <laughs> yeah, so um, we're just talking about apps, mm-hmm. VPN software. Hey, we got a good one for you. Mm-hmm. Surfshark VPN. So there's been a huge increase in cyber attacks during the COVID. So, hey, Surfshark has you protected. The one thing about Surfshark VPN, they... Um, being a VPN that they are, they kind of let you go gray man. You can go online. You don't have to be tracked. They're not going to send you ads on the stuff that you shouldn't be looking at. Um, that's what I like about Surfshark. The other thing that's great about them is that one subscription with Surfshark gives you access to Surfshark on your computer, on your phone, on your BlackBerry, on your Handspring, mm-hmm. on Game Boy, <laughs> on your Game Boy, yeah. your your Lynx system, yeah. whatever you want. It's like a Surfshark. Surfshark, your your uh, one subscription goes to all of these. You don't have to resubscribe, or you don't have a limited amount of devices, which is sweet. They also have a hack lock ID protection that sends you an email when your email gets stolen, which happens all the time. The other cool thing, being a VPN, is that you can just stream stuff from as if you were in the UK because mm-hmm. it uses different servers in different countries. So nobody can really track you. One subscription covers all the devices, no matter the operating system. You get unlimited access, 24-7 support, and you can even try it for 30 days for free. Um, the cost is what's crazy. Uh, if you go now, you get 85% off, plus with our code, that's what gets you that it's casual preppers like you use everywhere in your grocery store, wherever, every day, <laughs> all the time. And you get three extra months. So I just recently signed up. 47 bucks gives me 27 months. Jeez. That's $1.77 a month. You'll probably be dead by then anyways. I probably will be. Yeah. So go and check them out. Go to surfshark.deal slash casual preppers and enter our promo code. And it's basically, I mean, really almost free. Yeah, I mean, they're basically giving it to it's you. Insane, Might as well. all the stuff that you get with them. So anyway, there's yeah. one for you to try out, Mister. Mm. Yeah, Ruben I'm looking Prepper. at it right. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like it looks like it gets uh, it has a really clean over interface. one over one million downloads, four point two stars, twelve k reviews. It looks. Uh, I'm gonna try it out. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. You help. should. You, you should. Um, I I wanted to try I'll more. Use, I'll than, use the coupon code. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, do it. You're the best. You're the best. Man. Just have it in your uh, clipboard and just paste it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Um, so, you know, we're talking urban prepper kind of versus rural prepper. A lot of times when we have that discussion, the the biggest thing is, you know, what are the advantages of being a rural prepper? And it usually comes back to that because, you know, naturally you kind of think that's where you want to be if you're a prepper. You want to be out in the yeah. sticks. But there has got to be some advantages to being a city boy. You know, there has to be. Yeah. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Like, what are some of the the pluses of being in your situation? Uh, yeah, uh, with rural preppers, I, I do think that it lends itself better towards, you know, establishing a set of skills and knowledge that could be applied in a survival situation in a rural environment. So mm-hmm. I think rural preppers are better, you know, primitive fire starting, for example. Yeah. Uh, a, a rural prepper or, or it might be more of like a bushcraft survivalist will probably use some kind of friction-based fire starter or a... A ferrocium rod or anything like that. A, a urban prepper is just going to use a big lighter use uh, and like try to simplify and try. Yeah. So there's some things that we want to have. <laughs> use Do they have a feral rod <laughs> app? <laughs> if you just hold your phone face down for two minutes, it starts to fire. It just vibrates like it's really really vigorously. <laughs> yeah. So I think that urban preppers are looking for optimize, optimized mm-hmm. things for certain areas of preparedness there that they'd rather, I don't want to spend a whole bunch of hours trying to master uh, the bow drill when I yeah. could be mastering something more technology based, I think, true. whether it be a comms or some kind of comms. To be honest, I think I, that that whatever. should be true if you're a rural or a, yeah. an urban prep. A lot of people talk about, too, going back, you know, we always get the, you guys used a Bic lighter or whatever, you know, you're not true yeah. preppers. And I'm like, if there's technology and we have these available resources, mm-hmm. why there's no problem with using them. It's way more convenient. And, and like the mesh network with, um, like you were talking about using the, uh, yeah. the go tenant and stuff like that. So there's nothing yeah. you should know those different options. 
Well, yeah, like why go back to something if you don't you have to? You need to go prehistoric. It's like if, you, if you're going to go hunt a deer, <laughs> would you want to go hunt with a slingshot? Or yeah. would you want to hunt with a compound David bow? David Goliath trying to yeah. flip a rock at it. You'd be a dummy if you wanted yeah. to go back to the slingshot, right? So I think you're completely yeah. right, in, and I don't think that's even specific to urban preppers. I think you're right across the board, you know? I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, so urban preppers look for, sometimes we look for shortcuts for Mm -hmm. certain things that makes your life a little bit easier for them. And I think we gravitate more towards working within the grid, business as usual, EDC purposes, and less on, while we still do survival type stuff, but it's a little, uh, it's just a little bit of different uh, lens that you're looking at because of your situation. If I was Mm -hmm. in, uh, I'm not exactly where your exact location is, but let's say I'm in the middle of the woods somewhere, I would probably gravitate towards some other more long-term self-sustainability type preparedness exactly. topics and philosophies just because I'm not going to have immediate access to a Starbucks within walking distance, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always, you know, I always think too, like in any scenario, can you completely avoid dealing with or, or getting things from an urban environment? I don't think you would be able to, you know, the sustainability in a rural environment, yeah, if you've built it up that way, but there's a lot of things that we rely on mm-hmm. that come from the city. So I feel like you kind of have to have that knowledge of, you know, most movies you, you guys, see in apocalyptic scenario, they always have to go into like Atlanta or they have to go to, you know, it's like I kind of need, it's a little intimidating to, to, to know how well I would function in that environment, but the possibility that I may have to face being in that environment. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things are just uh, two days away for two-day shipping online. Right. You just have a drone drop it in your back door now, can't you? <laughs> yeah, I've been getting into drones. Like, uh, that's my new thing is trying to lever- uh, another again, another urban yeah. furnace thing where I just bought, I just bought a... Can you fly uh, anywhere there? No more than five mini, feet uh, high. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been using it. I have some various maps to kind of show like the no-fly zone or how mm-hmm. high you could go, but I'm trying to l- really leverage uh, oh, nice. a Mavic Mini for preparedness topics and not for like making cool camera shots or anything, but I want to have surveillance. Again, my, one of my fears. Yeah. Surve- neighborhood surveillance. Yeah. We've talked about civil unrest. I so think it's a great you, idea. So you could program these things to go to a certain set of waypoints around your neighborhood and kind of get an overall look of what's going on nearby and have it come, you know, come back. And uh, so I'm trying to really look at that. And that's another, maybe more of an urban type thing that people do. Most of the rural people, the, the rural preppers yeah, that I know, no. they all, I'd, I'd shoot that down if I thought of my house. <laughs> well, we actually almost had that situation. We did. This last year. <laughs> exact we, same thing. Cam was, he brought his drone up and we're about a mile away from each other, I think, ish, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he was trying to see if he could get to my house with the drone and I'm, I'm kind of in a little bit of a neighborhood um, and uh, it, it was right behind my house and my neighbors saw it. And I talked to them the next day. They're like, you, who's, whose drone was that? I'm like, well, that was Cam. He was just trying to see if he could get it. He's like, oh, good thing. I almost shot it down. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? What, what is, are they spying on? Yeah, it's just, it's funny, the mentality sometimes with that we were. I was actually going to try and tie like a DVD to it and try and fly it over to Kobe's house. And I was like, maybe if we need to transport goods in between us, I want to see how good I can do it. But A yeah. DVD, that's yeah, what you went with? I was going to drop the burbs at your house on <laughs> DVD. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I wanted to use it for uh, for like with the GoTenna mesh, for example. It's a mesh I networking, wondered about but it's that. Because, of, because it's line of sight, I did some testing where you could you could use a drone to bring it up to 400 feet, then mm-hmm. uh, and and then yeah, use and have then a everyone clear er, shot to it. Yeah, you'd have a clear shot of it and be able to provide communication for for a city area for wondered about uh, that. multiple miles. That's and awesome. so that's another thing that I've been doing uh, testing on. Again, that's more of like an urban type thing. So, I, and I was kind of influenced by. Uh, the movie I Am Legend, where I think where Will Smith, like at noon every day, he was broadcasting yeah, something. Yeah. I could see the same thing with like having a drone that's broadcasting at noon every day that has a GoTenna mesh and be able to do mesh. Yeah, that would be sweet. That, that don't have their ham radio license or something like that. Put your GoTenna like, on it and go lodge it up in yeah. the radio tower. Totally, yeah, exactly. And if everyone, if ever, if everyone did that, if there's multiple ones of that, you would have you would have a uh, easy communication. Yeah, you have drone a really to drone good that network well. that way. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's cool. Um, this is maybe off subject a little bit, but you up there, do you have, are you looking at making an urban prepper group a little bit up there? Do you have people that you're, um, personally collaborating with on a, a prepping level? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of ca- call them round tables where I have cool. discussions yeah. with like-minded preppers, but, uh, I, I've participated in other groups, but I, for me, I try to keep the prepping like, like real, like what we're going through now. I try to keep a pretty yeah. Select, the circle of trust is very small, mm-hmm. so let's get your media family members because I don't. 
Absolutely. I don't necessarily want. You don't put it on hey. Craigslist. <laughs> hey, I'm a prepper looking follow, for other preppers. <laughs> yeah, I follow you. Follow your YouTube channel. I need. I need to come I by for get some food. Yeah, uh, I, I've I've kind of wondered about that because we've kind of kept it the same. You know, we've kept it pretty tight knit. You know, Cam and I obviously collaborate. We're a mile away from each other. It doesn't make any sense for us yeah. not to. But other than that, it's basically just family. Yeah, um, pretty and, much yeah. is. And I know a lot of other preppers really like to get together with other preppers in the area, and they really like to collaborate on those types of things. But I have shied away from it a little bit, um, and I just kind of wondered where you were on that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell, like, in a stressful situation. I mean, in work stress, that's different mm -hmm. than, like, you know, some emergency stress. I, I don't uh, – you could get away. I think there's some people I probably – while I would like them in normal mm -hmm. everyday life and everything, maybe in this uh, in a true emergency, i got to want to stick with close, you know, family and super, super close friends that uh, – you know, mm -hmm. that you can handle the stress. Yeah. It's already going to be a stressful situation. Yeah, I totally understand. You're a great friend, but I, you would be a burden. <laughs> I would, totally would be. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Um, okay, that's, that's great. Um, there's there's another aspect of, you know, the difference between rural and urban prepping, and that's bugging in versus bugging out. Um, Cam yeah. and I are constantly talking about these scenarios. Um, and, and for us, it works. To bug in is probably the most yeah, logical thing. I mean, it, the scenario would have to be pretty specific and pretty um, crazy for us to really bug out, to be honest, right? Yeah. And, and bugging right. in is constantly our number one choice, but I could see how that could be different for somebody in a, in an urban environment. So I just wondered if you could kind of talk to, to how you feel about that situation. Yeah. When I first started getting into prepping, I was into the bug out thing that, cause mm -hmm. that was, I don't know, that's the gateway drug for prepping. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The bug out, the bug out bag. That's the first, yeah, that's the first comes, prepper term you learn. Yeah. Bug in. <laughs> well, e EDC and bug out bag is like the first yep, one. It is. Uh, uh, but the more that I've kind of, as the years have gone, I'm like you were, I mean, it's going to take a lot for me to want to bug out from my home where I have all of my supplies and all mm -hmm. of my planning and all, it, shelter and protection and all that kind of stuff. It'd have to take a really extreme event for that. But if we've, uh, you know, what I used to live closer to the city, the more kids that you have, the farther away you have to live from the city to actually be able to afford something. So, yeah, sure. uh, so I could see someone that's in down, like in downtown Manhattan or something like that. Mm -hmm. If there's some, it's going really bad. I, even there, you probably want to, if you're in a high rise building, you probably want to bug in as well. But if you had to, that, that would probably be more of an extreme, like urban mm -hmm. one where you, you would want to actually bug out to some kind of off grid location, not off, kind of off grid. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The Hamptons. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, but for me, I mean, it's all about bug in. It's all about getting those systems and bug out might just be more of a temporary thing where. Yeah powers out and maybe you're just bugging out to a hotel that's mm -hmm. in a different town or something and maybe your bug out bag isn't really a bug out bag it's a it's a travel a flight suitcase overnight bag or something yeah i mean yeah, I think that's bag. such a great way to look at it because sometimes bugging out really isn't going to uh make a shelter in the woods you know you know yeah you might just bug out to your back yeah, to your backyard yeah. or into the driveway. Yeah, and thinking that, that about your, your bug, bug out bag in that way is like, it's kind of like an overnight bag, too. If, like, something happens and you just got to go quick, you're ready to go, yeah. you know, and I think it, that's great. I think a lot of people for the bug out bags, they kind of start making it towards, like, an inch bag where I'm mm -hmm. never coming home. Yeah, right. Uh, when really, it's a, we're talking, it should be a, be a short-term evacuation bag mm -hmm. that provides basic supplies, like an overnight trip uh, versus, you know, uh, all of the kind of the extreme stuff and i i, I do the same thing so yeah, it's I, I less fun to think of it that way for sure yeah it's less fun hey i'm gonna make a youtube channel and talk about my overnight suitcase that i have for here's, I, here's my I go to the hotel and here's my extra yeah. pair of underwear and here's my toothpaste yeah so i have a question yeah. for you not to go into your yeah. plan but where you live on the coast i've uh, yeah would you would you go west to the water or would you go east to the cascades like to the mountains yeah so it, like, have you, thought, yeah, you so probably depends. thought about both i'm just wondering yeah you kind of have to have different routes i think north uh, north southeast west basically because yeah. if we're talking cascadia subduction zone for example with the cascadia fault line that's out of the ocean and mm -hmm. if you're talking big tsunami stuff you're not going to want to go west because you're going into for a sure. line of fire so you're going to want to go yeah. east so uh, but with Mount Rainier, for example, that's more south to southeast, and so you'll probably want to go a more north than in that situation if, like, if Mount Rainier erupts or something, and yeah. kind of have to keep track of the Lahars. Uh, if you're talking earthquake, that's going to be more distributed across the, the area. So I think it's good to have uh, some kind of plan of action for north, south, east, west, depending on what the emergency event is. Mm -hmm, yeah. uh, like if the, the folks from Chaz were coming over, I would probably want to go 
uh, you know, south or west and, and that particular Right. Do you, do you ever get pretty nervous about, I, I remember being up in Portland thinking about uh, the volcanoes all around me. I'm like, geez. Oh, it's like, is that something you <laughs> yeah. really worry a lot about or are you more worried about your own environment? Yeah, your own volcanoes, city? Usually, yeah, usually you have a little bit of a warning on yeah. those. Just yeah. All of a sudden, I mean, when Mount St. Helens erupted, it wasn't just like out of the blue. Like they kind of <laughs> knew something was grumbling. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm more worried about the out of the blue earthquake because I'm Whenever yeah, because I'm driving around, I'm like weird stuff. So. It all depends on if I'm, Pierce Brosnan's around is really pushing the narrative. <laughs> yeah, for Dante's Peak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you see that <laughs> suburban driving around, some people just don't want to heed the warnings. You know, <laughs> he had some good. I, I loved how he had the exhaust pipe above, so he was able uh-huh. to go through the lake. Oh gosh, like yeah, yeah, cool. that, and he had a nice little sweet. Jeep. Yeah, he had a little nice satellite-based GPS yeah. tracking the the saving at the end. That was pretty. Although and. He could have had a nice first aid kit because I think he had a like a real nasty leg. He did, yeah. I think his arm is one of his grandma's arms. Yeah, 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 I think his forearm was sticking out. Yeah, great. Yeah, man. the grandma had yeah burns and stuff. But yeah. uh yeah, for earthquakes, I'm always driving around like, what would I do if there's, if there's scary, a big yeah. earthquake? Or, earthquake right now because mm-hmm. it, it could happen at any time. So wow, if it happened during the podcast, that'd be something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something. Sorry about the noise, folks. It's just an earthquake in Seattle. How do we handle this? <laughs> We've talked about hey, it. Here's what, here's what I'm going to do right now. <laughs> Follow basic procedures. Hold that, on. That's how you get downloads. That's yeah, how that's you how, get downloads. Live earthquake experience with the urban prepper. <laughs> that's, that's how you get people to click. Man, yeah. yeah. I'm, just, I'm just running around screaming. <laughs> <laughs> um. So something we talk about a lot and I think is, again, more important in urban uh, area probably is being a gray man. And um, it it just, again, for us, it's less of an issue because the entire town is running around with a deer rifle and in camo. (laughs) That's gray. That's gray man. That's like Vernal. Here, if you want to blend in, that's your gray man. You got to do that, you know. So is this something that you think about? you know, every day or, you know, obviously you, you talk about thinking about it with your EDC kits and things, you know, yeah. you don't want, you don't want, you know, a sword hanging off your side or whatever it might be. But, um, tell us kind of how you approach being a gray man in an urban environment. And if you have any quick and easy tips for people that are, that want to kind of utilize that concept too. Yeah. So, I mean, gray man, the, the whole concept is just blending in with your environment. And yeah. so, <laughs> For me, that it seems like it could be like a Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy skit where you start, you, you might be a prepper if yeah, and yeah. You start thinking about those things because I could usually spot a prepper within a couple seconds if they have a paracord bracelet, yeah, or if they have some kind of a tactical looking pants, cargo pants, or if they have a, a pocket knife sticking out. On a leash. <laughs> if they're using redneck they, accents all the time, yeah, yeah, you could see if they're a CCW uh, carrier because mm-hmm, usually sure. there's some kind of printing on there. Uh, if they have Molly webbing on their backpack or some mm-hmm. kind of tactical pet, you could really spot them out. And I don't think that's really following Gray Man. I, but I think a lot of those people they don't care about no, that. They, 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 they want to kind of they love it. And that's and I, I think I that's a choice you have to yeah. make too because I love that stuff too, man. I love tactical backpacks. Um, yeah, the yeah. Cool. yeah, I mean, it's fun. So you kind of have to make <laughs> that decision w- which way you want to go, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I try to, I go with, uh, cause I work in like an office environment and mm-hmm. because prepping kind of has, has a kind of negative stereotype with a lot of people cause they're used to seeing doomsday preppers and some of like, the yes. crazies out there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want a coworker or my boss or some client or someone thinking that I'm something that I'm not mm-hmm. based off of some kind of item that they might right. notice on me. So I'm, I'm always trying to go like, you know, I'm, I'm I, I don't wear, uh, any kind of, a uh, branding or anything that shows like, I don't mm-hmm. know, five eleven tactical sure. angle hat or something. Uh, and you know, so I, Just so everything Am- that I, Amazon pre- basics and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Microsoft word. Yeah. T-shirts. But it, but it, it, like if you're out in the woods more, it, you would be following gray man concept. <laughs> if you had a, a hunting rifle on you and a, and a sure. safety vest and camouflage, you blend in totally. And if you're in uh the Capitol Hill area of Seattle, you, you following gray man might be like having dressing as a writer or something or yeah. <laughs> okay. And an Antifa know, t-shirt. I feel like the Northwest, yeah. you could probably get by with a lot of different disguises and people would never, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of different, uh, yeah. so many, so yeah. much variety up there. Yeah. And I, I mean, and you have to do it in a way that you're comfortable in your own skin. So I, I, yeah, I think I, 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 I've kept a pretty consistent look too. So I'm not, while I'm following Gray Man within the Seattle area because of the YouTube channel and everything, mm-hmm. 
I get recognized all the time because I have yeah. a consistent look. So it has a, <laughs> but for most people, I think just kind of what the majority of people are wearing and how they look, you should probably dress like that and try to make sure that you blend in. Cause then uh, no one will really know. That means I got to gain like who, who you really, pounds. who you really are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really do. Gotta Are you guys some, some of the skinnier, the skinnier folks in your region? Then? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah it really. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, one more thing, I would like to yeah. talk about, and when I think about urban prepping, the one thing I think about that becomes an issue um, is space. Right. I mean, having yep. that space to store the things that we talk about all the time, food, water, you know, meds, ammunition, uh, geese and all that kind of stuff. How what do you do um, and what are your your tips for somebody who's an urban prepper and is getting into prepping and for storing all this stuff we talk about all the time? Yeah. Yeah. I really find, try to find uh, people or ways of thinking that influences you. I think what they do in Japan and Japanese apartments for mm-hmm. clever space storage. Uh, what they do for tiny homes, even like some of the survival bunkers, like for Atlas survival shelters, the way that they look for the various nooks and crannies to be able to hide stuff. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, when I used to be in an apartment, we leveraged a lot of uh, things behind couches and behind, we would, we had sleigh beds. So our, our bed frame was like a sleigh style bed. So in the back of it, we had our five gallon water bottles, for example. And mm-hmm. then underneath it, you have uh, your years worth of toilet paper. So you kind of have to get a little bit more, uh, creative in the various methods that you use for organizing and storing your gear. Another thing that I did was after I kind of maxed up my space, I looked for inexpensive storage units at various locations, kind of had to have some caches, basically. Yeah, it's like a survival um, cache. Or, yeah, it was a survival cache. So it's kind of like, a, I'm breaking bad. Heisenberg had his money cache. I had my, my prepping <laughs> cache. Yeah, your water uh, cache. So, <laughs> yeah, water cache. I had water, food, some uh, bug out bags and stuff like that mm-hmm. in a couple different locations. Uh, so I think you have to get a little bit more creative as far as distributing out your supplies. It, it doesn't all have to just be within your home. It's probably a good thing to distribute it out because if your home catches on fire, you still want to have some supplies elsewhere. So that's what I've done Great. in my preparedness planning is just to try to yeah, distribute it and have it in different locations and and then also a clever hiding of things. No, that's awesome. Yeah, that it always just seems like it would be really difficult thing as an urban prepper if you live in a small apartment and you have a family it's like where do you put this stuff it's hard to it's hard to raise chickens yeah. or goats or something you know what i mean so well, it makes it tough yeah i always say there's, there's a fine line between prepping and hoarding and you can yeah. very, very yeah. easily fall into the hoarding mm-hmm. part of prepping yeah, where you, you have 300 knives or something don't uh, talk about that or don't say my <laughs> wife is going to hear this and now there's going to be an issue sorry it's a touchy subject <laughs> touchy. for me it's flash for me, it's flashlights. flashlights. Yeah, I have way too many flashlights. I do. I do not need another flashlight, but I still want them. So. I get. I get obsessed with flashlights too. Yeah, mine, yeah. yeah, mine is just EDC knives, man. I I feel like I just can't get enough of them. Like there's just not yeah. enough in at my house. But just don't tell me. Do my you rotate that. them, or do you have them like in a display case? Or I have like a little EDC bin next to my bed, and I've got probably twenty five knives in there, and I just. Yeah, yeah Kobe has them nice and organized. I kind of just whatever my mood is like, I grab that knife, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I have a I use a, I use a cigar box next to our mm-hmm. front door that has it, it looks like a, a humidifier, and that's where my EDC kind of knife. Nice. Goes so. That's awesome. So easy to put Let on. Me write that down. Say that again. Humidifier. <laughs> Humidor. <laughs> What's your Humidor, address? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seattle. Seattle. The Urban Prep Cigar Box. Okay, got it, dude. Yeah, that, what, that's yeah, what, you go ahead. Uh, I was going to say yeah, for my address. Sometimes when I ship out packages to people, I, I don't. Well, most of my my you know the subscribers and stuff are really cool people. I still yeah. sometimes will put like phony addresses. So sometimes my addresses to Century yeah. uh, League or Seahawks player Paul Allen <laughs> nice. house or something. Like that. But I kind of mix it up like that. But. That's gray man right there. I love <laughs> That's it. Total gray man. It's kind of like and a VPN for, like, for your mailing address. <laughs> yeah, and I do a VPN for filming videos too. So because uh, people started tracking me down based off of. Uh, yeah, they get so fancy where they were triangulating my coordinates oh my based gosh. off of some some gas app that I was looking at to show the nearest That's gas terrifying. station. And oh, based off of the the miles, you were right here. And Good so, gracious, man! Uh, Wait a minute, you're not so Russell I, Wilson. That's what I it said. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I now I film with yeah, I film with certain. Uh, uh, red herrings behind where I'll have like a certain street sign that's there that I put, make sure it is visible. Uh-huh. So then they go and focus on that. And really that's not where I'm at or, or I was just there for that particular. That's kind of creepy. Mix it up, so. Gosh, yeah, that's man. my v- 
UPN VPN. Yeah. Uh, U- YouTube VPN. YouTube VPN. That's yeah, crazy. Wow, that's nuts. YouTube Do you guys ever get stream. spotted? Do you guys uh, ever get recognized? Not or? too much. I mean, because people don't see us as often. It's mostly an voice. audio thing, so it's voice. So Nor it, are they excited to meet us. <laughs> nor are they ever, ever <laughs> excited. Yeah. It's never a fun thing for them or us. Oh, so. no. It's getting for preference. We got to go. <laughs> Um, I think the only way we would maybe be recognized if we're like, oh, dang, somewhere in a store and be like, what? What was that? That's about the only thing that's really recognizable. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah, I mean, YouTube for us is, you know, less of a of a thing. It's more, you know, the audio side of it. So we, do, we don't yeah. really get recognized that often. And we're rarely in a in an urban environment where there's a lot of people. We're in our little town like 99% of the time. And, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's less of a thing for us. <laughs> Yeah, we're not that. I, I have more of a, fa- I have more of a face for radio. You guys are like, in shape and, and buff and everything. In shape, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's that is uh, not the best uh, camera on that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not a thing. You uh, did a bad job with the superimposed heads. Yeah, <laughs> dude, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a, a blast. We appreciate yeah, a great you. Time. Is there anything else you wanna you wanna say to the audience while you got them uh, a, a you know captive audience? Uh, yeah, let, let, let me borrow your audience for a moment. Yeah, month. dude, uh, borrow them. We'll borrow your audience. Uh, it, uh, if you like urban prepping and if you like those kind of concepts and you don't want to be scared off anything you can mm-hmm. feel free to visit me on youtube at the urban yeah. pepper and also on facebook and twitter and i have all of them they even have different alt tech sites and stuff cool uh but yeah always happy to collaborate with people and i think that's the uh, i i love uh, all constructive kind of feedback we were talking earlier about like the any kind of negative comments nothing's gonna hurt my feelings so if mm-hmm. it's something that i do you don't like it's i'm not gonna lose sleep about it and i like talking about it and trying to refine things based off of that constructive feedback so Awesome. If you guys like that kind of stuff, uh, yeah, for me, yeah. that's all about like, that's like software engineering optimization. So I'm just optimizing <laughs> my, my system of prepping. Yeah, yeah, guys, please go check him out. Go go subscribe at, at all those places, YouTube and all that stuff. He's got some fantastic content. Um, before we kind of sign off, though, today's podcast is brought to you by TACPAC, Cameron. Are you excited about that? I love TACPAC. TACPAC's been with us for, I don't know, 150 Forever. years. Forever. 150 years, probably. The only monthly tactical subscription box with useful, professional-grade stuff inside. Use the code. What's the code? Casual Preppers. Casual Preppers. Get a free separate bag sent of EDC gear along with your first month's TACPAC. If you can beat that deal, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, go use that other deal. Right. But this one's as good as you can get, I think. Head to tackback.com, use our code Casual Preppers. And if you like shooting ARs, if you like EDC gear, if you like uh, feeling good about yourself, go to TACPAC, get use our code. It's going to be fantastic. You should. Cliff, Urban Prepper, thank you so much. You've been fantastic. Um, best thank guest you, we've had on in six months, yeah, probably. Yeah, there's tons of wow. questions to ask you. So hopefully people go and check oh, that, you out. because Yeah, that was a blast. I really good talk detail. with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, make sure to go subscribe to our podcast. Go to subscribe to the Urban Prepper on uh, YouTube and stay survived. <laughs>